Okay, we're back at the 119th um, a grassroots green grassroots emergency election protection call. As all of you know, we, we have more than 50 people on the call and we uh, have focused uh, right from the beginning, one of our major focuses has been on election protection and getting out the vote. And tomorrow in Georgia, we have, <laughs> if you uh, haven't heard about this in the United States, uh, you've been in a cave. Um, uh, we, we, we have the runoff election in Georgia. We are nonpartisan. We are not support, supporting one candidate over the other and neither is either, neither is either of our presenters here, but we are promoting get out the vote. And Andrea Miller is one of the great pioneers in um, uh, uh, technologies for helping people get out the vote. She is in Virginia. Her group is called the Center for Common Ground. Uh, if you put the put, look in the chat, uh, the, the link will be there. Uh, but Andrea is a true genius and uh, has instructions now for how we can, in fact, help get out the vote in Georgia, even though uh, virtually none of us live in Georgia. So um, go ahead, Andrea, please, and give us the rundown with you and Gabe, and we'll open the floor. Uh, thanks, Harvey. I am not going to be talking to you about how to use the phone bank, but I am going to be talking to you about what is going on on the ground in Georgia for only about two minutes. Okay. This has been an amazing runoff election. We literally got started with runoff back in October because we knew we were going to have a statewide runoff. We just weren't sure what office. So far, the turnout in this runoff has been amazing. We are looking at one point, nearly 1.9 million voters have showed up to vote in this election. And out of that, nearly 1.9 million voters, 641,000 have been African American or 34.4% of that vote. So that was the vote we have been concentrating on. So I see Ray McClendon is here. Ray can talk whenever you want him to about literally the ground in Georgia. People are waiting in lines more than two hours to vote. They are waiting. They are doing it. And then Gabe Wheaton is here, our intrepid IT director who runs our phone banks. He will be making sure everybody will be able to make calls. When you go to our website, I've made a little update, Gabe, in case you haven't noticed. I've listed how many calls are available in the various phone banks. Great, great. Uh, before we go to Gabe, if you don't mind, Gabe, we. As Andrea has mentioned, and thank you, Andrea, for your fabulous work on this. And we have to take, have to understand that the election protection movement in this country, which was pretty much born in 2004 after the travesty in Ohio, is responsible in many ways for the extended voting periods that have allowed this kind of turnout to be managed. Because in, in days of yore, um, when we had only one day to vote, I mean, I'm old enough and many, many 
folks on the call are old enough to remember, election day was election day. And everybody came out on the second Tuesday after the first, the first Tuesday. It, the Constitution says it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday of, of, of November. So if Tuesday falls on November 1st, you vote, everybody used to vote on November 8th. But the way it is now, we have, you know, weeks and months really of prior voting, which have allowed the country to handle these large turnouts, which would not have been sustainable had the election protection movement not come about. Always important to take to count your victories. So Ray McClendon, you are in Georgia uh, with the uh, Georgia NAACP. You've been working all these months with Andrea. Tell us what's going on in Georgia and what you might need, please, from people on the call. First of all, thanks to everyone for all the tremendous support that we've received from, from across the nation, from the uh, postcards that have been sent, the, the uh, phone calls that have been made, the texts that have been sent, and even some who have, have uh, come to Georgia to canvas and support directly. Uh, it has made a difference. Uh, we have had historic turnout in uh, the literally one week of early voting compared to traditionally the three weeks that we would normally have. We have taken we have uh, taken to the to the ground in uh, with a very different strategy uh, this time around, given that we only had a week, and so we had to be much more aggressive. Uh, of course, SB 202, the voter suppression law, is the reason we only have one only had one week, and we almost didn't have one week of Saturday voting uh, due to due to this law and due to the Secretary of State's uh, initial ruling which we ended up having to take to court to get one week of, of early voting. It's interesting that Republicans tried, tried to uh, block that Saturday. I think that that has backfired on them with, with the voting that we, we came out with on that Saturday, as well as that Sunday. And then of course, every single day, as I heard Andrea mentioning, uh, the lines were long across the state, not just in Metro, uh, but across the state uh, upwards of two hours in some locations. Uh, we, we, we are glad that people stayed in the lines. We had events going on in many locations uh, contiguous to these uh, various uh, polling locations, particularly in metropolitan areas uh, where we had what we call parties to the polls and souls to the polls. And it was great energy around those. The people were very appreciative uh, of the fact that we were we were out um, providing them with with food and water, and we were always more than 150 feet away from the polling locations in order to comply uh, with the, this crazy new law that made it illegal to give somebody a bottle of water uh, while they were in line. So we set up food trucks and 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 stands uh, uh, 150 feet away, and it. And it, it worked. The people were, were truly appreciative. So, so we, we will continue to do that tomorrow. Uh, we know that in all likelihood, progressives have, uh, have outpaced in the early voting as they traditionally do. Um, we don't know what that margin is, but it is, there is a margin there based upon Black voters and, and uh, uh, Democratic versus Republican voters as, as they are identified. 
the the trend is so far in early voting as we would have expected, and we are pleased with that. But we also know that Republicans win the day of. <clears throat> so our work is not done. Uh, we were out over this weekend, even though we didn't have early voting, we were out canvassing. Uh, we, we had a, a lot of people on the ground uh, yesterday for, with folks, uh, meeting folks and greeting folks in the communities after church. Uh, so so the, the intensity is there. One note, I don't know if uh, Andrea mentioned, one, one uh, fact that we're, we are uh, holding some hope in that almost 75,000 people who did not vote in the general election in November vo have voted so far in early voting um, in the runoff. And that's a great that's a great sign. We had a, a we had a significant number of those who didn't vote uh, in 2021, and that made a huge difference. Uh, we hope that those numbers are going to break break for the progressive uh, when 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 that occurs uh, and and the voting starts to be counted. So we are we are optimistic uh, for where we are so far, but we know that we must stay determined and and vigilant through tomorrow to make sure that we get every last vote out and not let the um, conservative movement that happens on election day uh, over, overwhelm the good work that's been done through early voting. Wow, amazing. Uh, Andrea, you and uh, Ray should both please put up your links in the chat. Um, Andrea's focus has been on, her organization is focused on phone calling, Ray, who is in Georgia, has been focused on canvassing. Uh, if you'll, uh, uh, so people out of state can make phone calls. Uh, people out of state to, through uh, uh, Andrea's organization and people out of state can make donations uh, through Ray's organization, which is the Georgia NAACP and Andrea's is the Center for Common Ground. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, uh, Harvey, yes. Harvey, our democracy centers are on the ground okay. and our Cobb County Democracy Center, they are running our paid canvassing operation. They have had canvassers out since last Friday and they have been out every day. Fantastic. It's amazing. And are you serving pizza? At your uh, democracy centers, is that part of the deal? Or no? no. <laughs> okay. Um, um, uh, let's take two quick questions, and then we'll go to um, um, uh, what is your guy's name? Um, Gabe. Gabriel. Uh, but uh, Gabriel, do Kevin and Jeffrey real quickly. Anybody else, if you want to get in a question, real quick, go ahead, and then we'll go to Gabriel to tell us about phone calling. Uh, and Ray, I got to tell you, um, I will be neutral in the game between Georgia and Ohio State. But if uh, Georgia and Michigan square off in the uh, national championship, you and I will be on opposite sides of the field. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Kevin and then Jeffrey, go ahead. Kevin uh, Einstadt, uh, Eisenstadt and Jeffrey uh, Bartow real quick, go ahead. Kevin, go first, if you will. Are you unmuted? Unmute, Kevin. Yes, hi. Uh, I made a comment in the chat earlier about, about a documentary that Greg Palast uh, recently uh, yes. brought out. And, and I just, I, 
I watched it last night and I was very troubled by the fact not not only Kemp's uh, background, his family background, but also it seemed like he was able to win as Secretary of State, get into the governor's mansion twice now because of the challenges uh, that effectively um, knock out mostly black and brown voters, students. Um, and I'm just wondering if, if how that won't be used in a big way to get Herschel into this uh, Senate seat. That's really a question for Ray, not me. Um, and I want to note that. Uh, yeah, I'll answer. No, no, no problem. So, so first of all, uh, we we have worked with with um, Greg and know his work. Um, I, I was actually at the premiere here in in, in Georgia for uh, Vigilante, so we had an opportunity to talk uh, with him and and the rest of the his team. Uh, and it, it is a great, a very good work that he has done. But uh, there are a couple of different differentiators here. First of all, uh, the the challenges that have been going on were based upon SB 202 and the changes to the law that gave latitude to any registered voter to to, to be able to challenge multiple, in other words, thousands of independent individual registered voters. Um, we have been working to to uh, block. Uh, those challenges which have been coming from um, from conservatives and have been very successful. We've gone to court, uh, particularly in Gwinnett County uh, and also in Cobb County, uh, and, and, and uh, put pressure on the local election boards uh, to do their jobs and not allow those challenges to stand. And, and those large challenges were pretty much disavowed in all cases. There may have been a, a small number, you know, less than 10 or 15 challenges that were actually successful. So that's, and there were no large, massive challenges on election day, which was one of the things that had been threatened. Going back to your initial premise, those were not challenges in 2017 and 2018. That was a voter purge managed by the then Secretary of State, Kemp who used his power as the secretary of state to go in and do massive voter purges, uh, some numbers up to 700,000 that was initiated by his office with the, with, the, with the knowledge that he was going to be running for election. There was always a conflict of interest there that you have the person running the election um, that was in the race for the highest office. Uh, and that was a that was a problem. But those were purges, uh, and and a lot of what we're doing today started with that race. But we began to see uh, the the uh, voter suppression uh, and and the the ends that these folks would go to to win elections. And it said that we had to change uh, the way we organized, the way that we uh, collaborated, and that's why you see. Uh, groups that have come together and work together, like the Center for Common Ground and the NAACP, work together uh, today. When you support the Common Ground, you're also supporting us. We use um, their platform for our phone banking, our checks banking, and also my my folks that are out in the street today canvassing uh, are based upon the 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 uh, the mobile application that. Um, Center for Common Ground put together and gave uh, actually cut the turfs 
uh, uh, for us to be able to be in the street with a mobile app and not have to um, deal with uh, the the more uh, complicated and and old style way of having to create paper walk lists uh, for people to walk around with, and you don't know who who's knocked on what door, who, who's done what. We can actually identify people from house to house and street to street. Uh, so so collaboration is the key to what we do now. And this all came out of knowing that we had to operate differently, seeing what, what we were up against after 2018. Well, you guys have done incredible work. I want to point out Dennis Bernstein is on the call. He is the host of the Flashpoint show, KPFA Pacifica uh, in Berkeley, which is uh, a rebroadcast or simultaneously broadcast in LA on KPFK. He will have Greg Pallast on tonight to talk about that film, Vigilante, and uh, what's going on in Georgia. And people can play a role from out, out of state uh, right through uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, so uh, let, let's pay attention to that. Jeffrey, and then we're gonna go to uh, Gabriel Wheaton to fill us in on what people can do. Thank you for that, Ray. And thank you, Dennis, for doing the show. Uh, Jeffrey, go ahead and one question, please, and then we're gonna go to Gabriel. Can you hear me? Yes, go. Yes. All right. Well, mainly this. Well, what I was going to ask was mainly for the person about uh, Florida and fascism. But do you think no, it's still the effect? Let's, let's, let's hold that for next week, please. Okay then. Okay, thank you, Jeffrey. We appreciate it. Okay, we got Gabriel Wheaton on from the Center for Common Ground. Um, uh, and Raymond Ray McClendon, if you'll post your link in the chat where people can get to the Atlanta NO or Georgia NAACP with support for canvassing, and Andrea, of course. Uh, with the Center for Common Ground. Gabriel, I assume that's what you're gonna talk about. So let's do that. Sounds good. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks for having all of us. Um, so my name is Gabe. I'm the uh, IT Director for Center for Common Ground and I make the phone banks work. Um, so I'm just gonna show everyone what's unique about our phone banks, which is that you, know, you can access these phone banks on your own. Uh, you don't need to join a group calling event or anything like that. Um, as long as you're making these calls within a reasonable time frame into Georgia, um, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you can make these calls today and tomorrow. Um, so, and we're calling black, Andrea said this in the chat earlier, but we're calling black super voters for the runoff. Um, so all of our phone banks, you can access from this link at centerforcommonground.org slash phone banks, which I just put in the chat. Um, if you just go to centerforcommonground.org, uh, you can click there, um, and I'm going to share my screen. So this is the link that I just put in the chat. Um, so here we go. As you can see, we have a written guidelines and training video. Um, I'm assuming we just want a little orientation here, Harvey. Do you want me to... Uh... Yes, go ahead and do what you got to do. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Um, we have the training video, which is just like a more thorough version of the training of just this orientation that I'm about to give you. Um, and we have written guidelines too. So if you're doing this on your own, uh, you, as soon as you feel comfortable with it, you can have your own, you can host your own events um, at home or just a Zoom event with friends. Um, and that's really the strength of our phone banks. And one of the things that comes with that is because we're not using uh, an auto dialer, which is like calling a bunch of, or a speed dialer, which is calling a bunch of people at the same time, uh, is we leave a lot of voicemails um, and not 
not a lot of organizations have that as part of their phone making calls. Um, and we're not sure why, because it's actually been shown to be very effective. Um, the benefit of leaving voicemails, these are get out the vote, nonpartisan voicemails that we're leaving because we're a uh, 501c3. Uh, the benefit of leaving them is we can leave a lot of information that is saved. Um, and not only that, but we can, um, but folks will will often ignore phone calls, but then listen to the voicemail. I know I do. If I see a number that I think is probably spam, I'll ignore the call, but then I'll see that they left me a message and I'll listen to it. And so that's why um, a lot of these calls reach voters who wouldn't otherwise be reached if we were just calling, if we were just trying to get live voters. Um, so that's a big strength of our voicemails. I also wanted to... Um, show everyone we did a study last year in Virginia for our 2021 uh, for, for Virginia's 2021 election um, and leaving voicemails this is for the same group of black voters in various geographies that we were phone banking into so we compared the group of folks that we didn't end up calling within the same everything else was the same um, to the group of voters that we left a voicemail to which resulted in 5.9 percent turnout bump overall. So it went for, for folks who voted 36% to 42%. And then live conversations resulted in a 17.3% bump in turnout. Um, so these are huge, huge numbers here. Um, and just wanted to, you know, throw that out there because even a 6% increase is very significant in is election can be election defining. Um, so I'm going to go back back now to the website, uh, which again is, is in the chat. Um, so here are uh, phone bank links. You can see here, it says how many calls are left. Uh, Andrea threw that in earlier today. Um, but we have various different counties. And the reason why we break it down by county is because counties have different um, county specific early voting locations uh, when that applied, but also they have different registrar numbers. There are various different things that are going on in county by county basis, especially in Georgia, where there are lawsuits happening. Cobb County has an extended deadline for absentee ballots because they screwed up the sending out the absentee ballots and some folks didn't get them in time. Um, that's all contained within our phone banks. Um, so if I just click on this, make calls to Fulton County. It will bring you to the login button uh, window, and then you just click click here to register underneath the login. Enter first name, last name, email, zip code. That's all you need. Click confirm registration, and then you can just enter in your email. And if you see a volunteer organization that you're part of, uh, or you want to affiliate yourself with one, uh, you can just select that. It's not necessary, and click login. That'll just tally your calls to that organization. And so here we go. This is what our phone banks look like. We have the start call button. These calls are made in your browser. So your privacy uh, is, there. it does not use your phone number whatsoever. It doesn't link up with your phone or anything like that. It just uses it within your computer mic um, and your computer speakers. Um, as you can see here, we just have one number. It's the mobile number, uh, Yvonne Tompkins. Up here, we have a survey introduction. Um, and this is just you know, what you code when, you know, you're not able to reach the voter, uh, bad number, do not call, no answer, left message, refused in Spanish. Um, and Harvey, how, how deep do you want me to go into here? Yeah, go ahead, do what you got to do here. I do okay. want to point out in your letter, it says you may drop off your ballot 
on Monday until 5 p.m., but we're past 5 p.m. now, so you may want to- That's right. Yeah, so we update the script uh, multiple times every day. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna disappear basically as soon as I'm off of this of this meeting. Um, and so that's the nice thing about our scripts is that um, you know we're, we're changing it every day, and then at the end of the day, there's a whole new set of you know applicable times. Um, it's been pretty complex the last few days because every day there's there's something that you can no longer do. Um, so here's voice. So um, here's our voicemail. This is a big part of the scripts again. Um, we have a, a number if you need a free ride to the polls. Um, this is uh, Ride Chair to Vote, which is an organization that we're partnering with in Georgia. Um, and then we have the voter protection hotline number. As you can see, we're giving out a lot of information in the voicemail script. Uh, we also have my email address up here. So if you go into these phone banks and you have a question, uh, not you know part of a group phone bank or anything like that. You can just send me an email um, if you you know if there's anything you think needs to be updated or if you just have a question about how things work. There's also this Georgia Voter Guide, which is an incredible Georgia vote. It, it, it's it's an incredible resource. Um, if you have any questions about you know anything that is not covered in the script, it's a great uh, resource to have within it. Um, so up here, the when you're not able to reach a voter, uh, we're throwing all of the you know disconnected numbers, error messages, um, uh, any number that's like uh, weird bleeps or bloops or fax numbers, anything that's like that, like a broken number into bad number category. But also, if it's a wrong number, anything where it doesn't apply to that voter anymore, um, we're also saying bad number. Um, Wrong number, deceased, moved, anything like that, um, moved away from Georgia. Um, and then if they say, do not call me again, do not call. If it's uh, anything kind of ambiguous where you don't want to mark it as a wrong number, but you're not able to leave a voicemail, you can mark no answer. And then left messages when you're able to leave a voicemail. Uh, refused is when uh, it sounds like someone picks up and hangs up or just says a few words before hanging up. Um, you're not really able to verify the voter's identity. And then Spanish is when the voter speaks Spanish and you're not really able to have a conversation um, enough to communicate. Um, so those are all that when you don't have a live conversation with the voter. Um, and then when we scroll down, here's the live script. Um, and, and also um, I should say that we're leaving these voicemails, right? But they may not get it until uh, you know, they may not get the voicemail until like tomorrow. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Um, and that's partially why we don't say, like we weren't saying you may drop your ballot off today until 5 p.m. Uh, or Tuesday until 7 p.m. Because we want, if someone who's hearing it tomorrow, we want them to be able to contextualize, okay, Monday is past now, so that no longer applies. Um, so here's the live script. It's very simple. We're just asking them, um, do you have an absentee ballot to drop off or would you prefer to vote on election day? Um, and so as you can see here early in person, we have this option because it's baked into the question, but it no longer applies because it's too late to vote early in person. Um, if they've already voted, you can mark that. Um, if they say they wanna vote on election day, you can mark that. Um, one thing uh, on my list too is adding the hours uh, that polling is open. But in order to find uh, their polling location, 
they, um, you have to log into the Secretary of State website, um, or you have to call your county registrar in order to find your polling location. Um, we also include the IDs you need to, the list of valid photo IDs that you need to bring in Georgia. Um, and then we have, we include the voter protection hotline. So that's on election day. Um, so our scripts are branched, which is basically, there's two valid ways you can vote remaining. There's election day and there's vote by mail. Um, and so if they indicate that they want to vote by mail, um, here we go. Early voting has ended. You may drop your ballot off on Monday until 5 p.m. That's gone. You, that's going to go away uh, tonight uh, or Tuesday until 7 p.m. That's, that's already gone, Gabe. I've already edited them. Great. Let's the the uh, I'm refreshing this. Um, oh, yeah, you've changed it already. You guys are outrageous. <laughs> look at that. Ne it was never there in the first place. Uh, you may drop your ballot off on Tuesday until 7 p.m. at the main elections office, the North Fulton office, or the South Fulton office. So as you can oh, see- Now, Gabe, I, I have heard um, that they eliminated a lot of drop boxes in, uh, in Georgia. Is that true? And how does that impact what your message is? Uh, yeah, that's correct. That's, that's correct, Harvey. They, they have uh, dramatically reduced the number of drop boxes and, and and they have also uh, made them so that they are only available during the time that voting, early voting is going on. So so uh, again, that was uh, available to us in, in 2020, but was taken away from uh, based upon SB 202. Well, so if somebody has a ballot that they want to uh, uh, drop off on election day, how do they do it? There are three places in Fulton County that, that they can do that. And that's two more than for most counties. Most counties, they can only drop their ballot off at this point at the elections office. Uh, it, Fulton County happens to have like two satellite offices. Do, uh, these, do these have drop boxes? How do you drop off a ballot? Uh, usually it's inside, I think, for the most part. Um, like you actually have to go up and interact with people. At, it's not like an unattended thing outside um, based on uh, what we've heard from calling the elections offices. So do you uh, have to get in line with people who are voting for without a ballot? Or do you, do you, can you, is there a separate place where you can drop off a pre-marked ballot as opposed to standing in line? I believe that there are drop boxes within the buildings. Um, this is, you know, this is in my head from, I don't remember which counties have said that, but I don't think you should have to go in the same line if you're just dropping your ba ballot box off. Um, and Ray or Andrea can correct me on that. But um, yeah, I, I think if you're just dropping your ballot off, you're going to have to hand it um, to either someone or like some sort of drop box inside the building. Um, but for the most part, you shouldn't have to stand in line. But also, also I should say, polling locations are separate from these three locations. This is the election office. So if you're voting in person on election day, everyone polling location, which is going to be a separate location from the election office. So this is a separate, this is a separate thing than like normally voting on election day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Bernstein has raised his hand. Uh, Dennis, go ahead, please. Yeah. My understanding is the drop boxes 
part of the game here is the drop boxes are inside of right. state buildings and the state buildings locked down uh, in the context of office hours. So it sort of de defeats the purpose of lock boxes because people want to drop the stuff in when right. they're not working. Right. Another it, one of the games of the, uh, you know, of all these little tricky operations that have uh, the, gov the governor and his assistant have uh, put it in place to make it difficult to vote. Absolutely. And, and as Ray mentioned earlier, it's it's drop boxes. There were, you know, more a lot more drop boxes, but they were tied to early voting. So a lot of folks have been misled to believe that after early voting ends, you can't drop your ballot off between that you have to wait until election day but that's not the case uh um a lot of basically it's you can still drop your ballot off as long as the elections office is open um and that can happen outside early voting hours there were some counties that had their elections offices open during the weekend so folks could drop their ballots off um that you know it's that's usually more the case for larger counties um obviously that's kind of all that's all past now the it's all election day because election day is tomorrow um but yeah that that and that is just like another example of how sb202 has impacted georgians okay go ahead thank you there any more anything else dennis yeah um the other uh thing in terms of the drop boxes. I don't have the exact figure, but it was something down from over 100 to 25 or 29. Also, the other part is they've taken the drop boxes from the cities, from the where the, uh, the communities of color are, where the kids are, and they've moved them out to the suburbs. So there's a lot more drop boxes out in the suburbs uh, that have been taken uh, from, uh, in, from the uh, more populous areas in the inner city right for our intents and purposes though from between you know tonight and tomorrow um i know it doesn't make a huge difference just, yeah the it's it's just the elections office yeah um that's where you can submit your ballot um and um yeah so but but it's important to know that you can drop it off until 7 p.m which is generally speaking two hours before you know, if you just if folks look at the open hours of their elections office, it usually says like Monday through Friday, like something till 5 p.m. And so today, for example, it, you had to drop it off before 5 p.m. because today was just a normal day. But tomorrow you can drop it off until 7 p.m. And so that's an important distinction to make that can make all the difference for some folks. Now, do you have to drop off your ballot in person or can someone else drop off your ballot for you? Someone who is a family member or I believe a roommate can drop it off for you. Um, and it for those. Uh, I can answer that. The person dropping off your ballot must be a close personal uh, family relative, or they must be a person that is, quote, legally working with you, like maybe you have someone who does home care because you are homebound. So no, it is no longer anybody can drop off your ballot. You must drop off your ballot or it may be a close personal 
family member. Wow. So yeah. you can't just drop it in a box. You have to drop it uh, off. Right. And then notice how they define what that close personal family member is. So wow. yeah, here, and this how, is- How do you prove this. you are someone's son-in-law? Right. I mean, I'm going, yeah. how would my son-in-law prove that? Right. And and so I think it's like in in practice, uh, you know, this is not really going to be enforced, but this is officially the word on uh, who, what specific relationships can return the absentee ballot. So caretaker. All right. So if it's your roommate, they're giving you a ride. And it does not say stepchild. A stepchild is not on this list. Then they won't be dropping off the ballot. They'll be giving you a ride. Right. And so that's like one hack that you can share, you know, as long as you are physically the person who's putting the ballot in. Um, obviously, for voters with disabilities, that's kind of a non-starter. But um, there are certainly other options. There are more accessibility options for voters with disabilities uh, at the polls as well. Do they have people at the drop boxes checking who's dropping? They're inside now. They're inside now, Harvey. But this this is why we tell people, we have been telling people to vote early. Yes, avoid all this. Avoid all of this. Okay, that's why the lines were long because we have been advocating early voting to get away from these issues plus the USPS issues. Yeah, you right. know there have been there have been uh, votes that were lost uh, up to a thousand, I believe, in 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 one county. It might have been Cobb, uh, uh, because of of um, uh, robberies at the post office. So, so the, the way to get it, we know that DeJoy continues to operate the post office and is running it into the ground. And it's also Christmas season. So we, we have told people to early vote. And at, and at this point in time, and also the final thing is because we only had four weeks, it was very difficult to turn around uh, absentee ballot applications and then receive the application and then get it back, receive the ballot and then get it back in. So this is a lot of stuff that we just told people, if you're able about it in any way possible, early vote, and we've seen that. And in Georgia, you have a law which says that if for any voter 75 or older, they can uh, alert the poll workers and they can go to the front of the line. So we've been doing a lot of that as well. So for tomorrow, the focus, uh, you know, this is stuff that we're gonna, we, we, we contend with in regular elections, but for now, for what we have been telling people up to now is early vote and tomorrow it will be, you got one day, get to, the, get to your precinct and vote at your precinct. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah, so, what else you got? Go ahead. Let's so back to the phone bank. So yeah, it's either drop your ballot off, vote early. We have, you know, options, for example, if they say they're not going to vote, we have options, uh, nonpartisan reasons on why voting is important. We've just included a few like vague reasons, the more often you vote, the easier it becomes. These are kind of generic. When you don't vote, you're allowing others to choose your leaders for you. Those are just there 
you know, any kind of, as long as you do not mention political parties or candidates, you can talk about why voting is important. You can even discuss issues um, as long as you stay nonpartisan. Um, so, for example, talking about the importance of democracy is not a partisan thing, even though some would have us uh, believe that's a partisan issue. It's a nonpartisan issue. Um, and, you know, you can just, when folks say that they're not going to vote too, if they're adamant about it, or there's, you know, it, 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 become, it becomes clear when you need to cut your losses and move on. And so that's absolutely fine too. Um, so that's it. You know, you click save data next call, as long as you've marked one of these and hit next and you see the review answers button, you can click save data next call and that will save that information for the voter uh, that will help us out in the future when we're building out uh, more phone banks uh, to more accurately, you know, hone it in on who we're trying to reach. And that's phone banking. Well, that's, that's a great tutorial, which will have uh, importance as we go forward. Does anybody else want to ask, ask a question? What I want to do is uh, take your final questions. I give uh, Gabe, Andrea, and Ray a, a last word and then sign off. So anybody who is inclined, we still have 44 people on the call, uh, go ahead and make your phone calls. Does anybody else want to uh, pipe in and, and ask a question of anybody? Jeffrey, very quickly, please. This has got to be about Georgia. Okay, Georgia, only Georgia, right? Not phone banking? Or well, oh, phone banking. Yeah, go ahead. The direct, direct can't, have you heard of direct canvassing or something like that? Cause I'm trying to take, take, that, class, take that class so you could be able to conversate better, better about, you know. Um, we, we have our scripts and our scripts tell voters exactly what we want. Want to do? We do in calls. These are purely voter education. Get out the vote. Okay. So, no. All right. We are not a political party. We are not candidates. We will never do persuasion calls. We only do voter information. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Anybody else before we give these folks the last word, and and then you all can go. Uh, I get them on the phones. Start jumping on the uh, Common Ground uh, website or send a donation to the uh, Georgia NAACP and make your impact on tomorrow's um, uh, election. Anybody else? Okay, we're great. Andrea, uh, um, Gabe, and Ray, you, is there anything else you want to add in? We're good? <laughs> a deafening silence. Okay, so we are going to sign off now. Um, from this call, we usually go a full second hour, but it's a 3.40 California time. That's an extra 20 minutes. Uh, folks want to make a donation, go to the uh, Georgia or Atlanta NAACP website, which is in the, in the chat. Uh, if you want to make calls, uh, go to the Common Ground website. And um, uh, oh, Justin, you have a quick one, go ahead. Uh, so Bonnie Bridges asked in the scripts, can they tell voters that people over 70 years old can avoid lines by uh, doing these drop-offs? It's if they're 75 or older, 70. they, can, they, can, they can go to the front of the line to vote at their precinct. Right, but it's 75 
And um, that makes the script far more complicated. So that is why it is not in there. But yes, if you know it and you are talking to a voter and we do have the voter's age on the upper left corner, you could uh, talk about that. Gabe, do we have that in our notes for callers? Uh, we don't really have that in the script. Right. I, I used it in texting, but normally we don't have that in phone banking because it's one more thing for uh, our phone bankers to have to deal with. Um, do you need a cell phone? No, you are making calls from your web browser on your computer. So your computer does need um, microphone and speakers, but you are not using your personal phone. We provide a phone number and all the calls will appear to be originating from that number. So no voter will ever have your personal number. Pretty slick, very good. Okay, uh, Justin, is your hand still up or are you done? Uh, yes. Yeah. So my question was, how good of an internet connection is needed for this phone bank? Because I know people who've tried phone banking on things like Wi-Fi hotspots and it just didn't work. So what's the minimum requirement? I have phone banked on a, on a mobile hotspot with my phone uh, and it's worked. I think, you know, it's been known to, if you have really bad internet, it won't work that well. So I think if you just give it a shot, you'll find out. Okay. Myla Reason, Myla? Oh, thank you, everybody. Um, my question is, uh, it, it looks like the call is originated originating from a 617 number. Is that correct? I'm I just trying to remember what I saw on the screen. But my question is... Uh, it originates I, from a 704 number. Oh, okay, so 704. Does When I get a call, it often tells me the location that that call is coming from, like the the city and the state. Is that something that will show up on some people's phones? And if so, where, what's the location? We don't know. You know. No idea. Yeah, it's North Carolina. It's a North Carolina number? Yeah, that's one of my North Carolina numbers. All right. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Good. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Marla. Uh, Wendy? Yeah. Thank you. I just want to say real quick, Um, I know that... um. It can be if for anyone who's never done phone banking, if you're kind of an introvert like me, it can be kind of like apprehensive with the cold calls. But I'll tell you, yeah, I see Andrea laughing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I can tell you, like, and I've I did calls for Nina Turner back when and with um the way that they have it set up and Gabe's so supportive, like you know that you have that backing right there that you can just reach out to them and and Andrea is brilliant, so you know it's set up well. But once you actually get into it, most of it is leaving voicemails. But when you do talk to people, they appreciate that you're calling. So you get actually energized. You can kind of like, uh, at first, and by the time the hour's going, you're just like, one more, one more, one more. So it's a lot easier than it seems like. And again, you're just giving them information. So you know they're empowered, especially people that might be disenfranchised to not having internet and all that. So I hope everybody can get on the horn tonight for an hour or tomorrow. Just do what you can, because every, every little drop helps. The bucket's not going to be filled at once. It's all the drops that combine. So thank you guys so much. Much love to you. Yes. Thanks, Wendy. Okay, you guys. Ray, you want to jump in, uh, uh, Gabe, Andrea? All right. I just want to say, just want to say thanks to everybody for all of the help 
uh, help us get across the finish line here. We really appreciate it. Uh, it, it as we know, democracy depends on us continuing to do this work. Uh, this is not the end, but it's it's just a part of the continuum. Uh, and we'll take a we'll take a break after we hope for a, a victory tomorrow, and we'll be uh, gearing up and taking these lessons learned as we did from the Georgia way and uh, transforming it to, to turn it up another notch going into 2023 and 2024. All right, because 2023 is Virginia. Virginia has our entire General Assembly up. So uh, we are really feeling the victory should be ours on Tuesday. And then we're going to take that head of steam and then we're going to head right into Virginia 2023. Um, I need to get 17 seats back to the Virginia House. Just well, listen, uh, even generically, this is a breakthrough. This kind of campaigning is going to redefine uh, elections all the way through 24, which is the Armageddon election. So uh, this is <laughs> very important. We do have this. We will have this on file. I'm not going to put it out on the radio, but we will have this on file at the uh, 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 the grassroots EP uh, website, and uh, we can refer to this in the future. Uh, I do have um, uh, thank you so much, Ray, uh, and thank you so much, Andrea and Gabe. Uh, let's uh, see. Uh, we'll 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 regroup uh, obviously in a week, and and we'll see what actually happened. I do want to ask Ray uh, if Herschel Walker loses. Is he then eligible to play on the Georgia football team in the coming uh, uh, playoffs? No, 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 I, I don't think so. I think he's already taken too many hits and probably has CTE as uh, as a result of all of the hits he ta has taken and is probably some of the reason for some of his positions right now. So we, we hope he goes back to Texas, which is his primary residence. Well, are you saying he's on permanent concussion protocol? <laughs> Something something like that, something like that. But you know his primary residence is Texas. So we, we, we want to send him back home to all his right. official home. Well, maybe he'll run for governor there. Um, all right, you guys, this has been fabulous. I do want to say we've just been joined by Dave Rosenfeld. If anyone stays on for another few minutes, especially in California, we will uh, have an update from Dave and Tatanka on the uh, situation with solar and nukes in California. Uh, but, uh, I, and I wanna reiterate, I put December 23rd, no, January 23rd on your calendar for the first national summit, uh, linking with atomic radiation, uh, that's a big deal. So thank you guys, thank you so much. Uh, I will call on Mary in a minute, and then we'll go to Dave Rosenfeld, but on our Georgia section, this is it, please folks, Go to the uh, uh, Common Dreams, uh, Common, um, uh, Center for Common Ground website and go to the uh, 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 Georgia, Atlanta, NAACP sites and participate um, in, in tomorrow's uh, uproar. So thank you so much. Still 40 people on the call. Uh, thank you, all three of you for presenting and we appreciate it. And go, go Georgia, at least tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, uh, Mary, and then we'll go to Dave, and we only have uh, 10 minutes left, so we'll do this quick. Mary, real quick, and then Dave. David Rosenfeld. Uh, all right. Um, let's just, Mary, go ahead, and then Dave Rosenfeld. 
All right. Um, I'd really like to push the fact that I'd love to have a show that uh, I can talk about this building code reform because the building codes, I've actually written the building code standard. Uh, it has a, it's a base code that all other codes must follow. And it would get rid of your nuclear power. It would get rid of your cell towers. It would completely go across all the realms that you guys are talking about that you're constantly fighting on different fronts. And I'm saying all of it is in relation to building codes. Anything, my building okay. code states that anything that is man-made, manufactured, processed, any byproducts, even the byproducts of manufacturing, if they endanger any form of life on this planet as we know it, that it is deemed illegal. Okay, Mary, we'll, we'll come to that later. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And um, uh, Dave Rosenfeld with Tatanka, if you want to briefly update us, we did have a bit of a discussion about California, but I noticed, Dave, you came on late, so go ahead. And we will do this in greater detail next week. But go ahead and give us an update, please. Did Dave Rosenfeld leave? Yeah, I'm not seeing him. Oh, well, he checked in real quick, and then he checked out. So um, uh, Tatanka, uh, we did have a series of demonstrations in California uh, on the uh, solar issue. Can you give yeah. us a quick briefing on that? And then we'll get sign off so people can go make phone calls. There were, there were 10 demonstrations throughout the state. They were effective because they were on a real rainy day and uh, got decent press. Um, what people can do now, I mean, basically the last uh, official public input was last week. But people still, we haven't gotten a decision that's supposed to happen sometime by December 15th. You can continue to send an email to the governor. All this is on Solar Rights Alliance. So you just do solarrights.org and you can send a letter to the governor there. You can call the governor nine to five. You can write a letter still to your uh, newspaper. Uh, you can alert your, your neighbors. You can, uh, no more verbal commitment. You can spread the word on social media. I was waiting to hear from Dave if there was any direct action, which I haven't heard yet. Um, in oh, fact, when, when is the California Public Utilities Commission going to decide on the solar um, um, net metering issue? That's what I'm trying to find. I thought it was the, either this this Friday or the next Friday, but I don't have it in my calendar. And I was expecting Dave to to tell us that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off for just a second and, and call him. And I don't know why he disappeared because. Did you tell him he was going to be on in the last 15 minutes? I, I, I guess. But at any rate, um, okay. uh, everyone else, um, Mimi Spreadberry. Oh, here he yes. is. He's coming in right now. Wait, wait, uh, well, let's get Dave first. Yeah. And then Mimi, are you in California? Yes, I'll defer to Dave. Okay, Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, hey, Mimi. Rose, uh, can you give us an update? When will the uh, CPUC make a decision on the net metering issue in California? He just came in because I let him in. Uh, Are you going to give us that update? Yep. Yes. And hi, everybody. Okay. Um, go ahead. Can you update us on what's happening with the solar issue in California with CPUC? Yeah. So um, let's so work backwards. Let me just give you the answer and then work backwards from it. So the CPUC is scheduled to vote on their current proposal regarding your rooftop solar on December 15th. 
So there's a week from this Thursday. Oh, good. That meeting's, it's, it's an online only meeting. As far as I know, this could have changed in like the few hours since the last time that I, you know, looked at this, but they're not even meeting at their building. Like they're all going to be in their own little locations or from their offices. So, so that's, that's the setup. It is possible that, I mean, anything is possible. This is, this is a commission that has delayed and not met their deadlines in the past. Um, so, you know, a lot of things could happen. One could be maybe the day before they float a proposal, something they're going to vote, you know, a, revi a revision to the revision. Maybe two days before they could float a revision to the revision. Maybe the morning, that morning of, they float a revision to the revision, and maybe they never float a revision to the revision. And, or maybe they put it on the agenda and then they take it off the agenda. So when I say the 15th, the 15th is the, the information that we have to work with right now. And I'm all about always just work with the information that you have right now in front of you and just kind of like, you know, just work with it rather than kind of like, sec, you know, get too cute or second guess it. But so that's the short answer and the long answer, Harvey, is is that. All right. And, so, the, and, so listen, you'll have to come back next week. We're, we'll do a major section on this because you will have some days. Uh, next week uh, is the 12th. So we'll have some days before the 15th and we will organize. I want to congratulate you on are calling a rally in LA where it actually rained. I, I, I assume they seeded the clouds. Uh, but at any rate, um, what else do you have to add? Mimi Spreadberry, are, are you with Dave here? Is there something you want to add? Um, we had a Mimi Spreadberry. Was, I don't think she's been on our calls before. I would remember that name. Um, she's, all right. really, she's really active. She's with Indivisible and really active up here in oh, North. Great, great, great. Well, if you'll both put your links in the chat, I don't know if Dennis Bernstein is still on the call. I, I think he's got a show to do. Mimi's um, unmuted now. Oh, Mimi, go ahead. I, did you want to add in, please? No, I deferred to Dave because um, I, I knew it was the 15th, and then he hopped on. Okay, so and Dave, anything you want to say about the uh, the rallies or or that people still can call and all that stuff? Oh yeah. So so last week we did um, we did rallies in uh, ten cities simultaneously on Thursday. Uh, in San Diego, Cathedral City, uh, Bakersfield, San Luis Obispo, Fresno, Santa Cruz, Stockton, San Francisco, and Chico. I think that's 10. And um, there was about 500 people total that attended one of those rallies. And uh, the news media, for the most part, which is what we wanted, was the new, you know, this is basically a way to just kind of alert the news media. And uh, about 20 uh, TV, radio, and newspapers attended, you know, whatever rally was in their area. And the, the coverage was quite favorable on, on the whole. You know, obviously, they have to cover the other side because it's, it's the news. But um, it generally came out quite favorable. And so, you know, we reached millions of people on Thursday, which was the goal. And um, Go ahead. And, and one thing I would just say as a shout out is... You know, I think that the, the, there was a lot of organizations, not just Solar Rights Alliance, that a lot of organizations that did a lot of work to make these rallies come together. So like the Los Angeles rally that I attended, the, 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 it was COFEM, the Coalition of um, Mexican, uh, Mexican American Federation, Immigrant Federations, did the heavy lift of pulling that thing together. It was awesome. The Environmental Justice Coalition for Water did the heavy lift in Stockton, San Diego 350, Hammond Climate Solutions, and the Climate Action Campaign in um, San Diego did the lift there. So, I mean, like when we kind of say we've got this kind of cool coalition of like 600 nonprofits and cities and schools and 
elected, you know, it's no BS. Like it's a, a real shout out to a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of work right now to, you know, to protect rooftop solar and it's super cool. Um, so that's, that's what's there. And then in terms of like going forward, you know, obviously that the easiest and simplest thing is, you know, if you, if you haven't gotten your call into governor Newsom to do that, and that's, you know, 916-445-2841, uh, that hasn't changed. And, um, so that's always good to do. You know, you can't go wrong. I still think letters to the editor, if you haven't put in letters to the editor, I think they're so good. Like we, they're getting published now and, you know, like letters to the editor that were submitted a week ago are getting published this week. And, and so it's, it's just a stream. And like I was saying last week, it's such a low tech tactic. And yet it's one that editors really look at when they try to decide what, eventually we're going to start seeing more editorials, you know, coming out. We already got LA times and they largely took our side, but we're going to see some more this week and next week. And the letters so, to the editor really do impact that. So I'm going to ask you and Tatanka and um, uh, our, our newest caller to Please gather as many people as you can. We will do it the second hour next week. In other words, we'll start at three o'clock Pacific time and we'll devote the full hour to, and I'm gonna have Carl Grossman back on and we'll devote the full hour to what we need to do to stop this solar nonsense, anti-solar nonsense from going ahead. Mimi Spreadbury. Uh, so um, Mimi, you've got your hand raised. So if you will all, if I can count on you, please, to send a list of the participants. You can send the link, uh, which is the same every week. Um, and we will devote, uh, like I say, from six to seven Eastern time, three to four Pacific time next week on this call to dealing with this uh, solar solar nonsense. Okay? Can you be on at 345, David? Because I know you have a commitment earlier. Right, yeah. So not, not that this should not be about me, but just I can join from at 345. Yeah. yeah, so it, between 3 and 3.45, I'm committed to something else. Okay, uh, Mimi, does that work for you? And uh, and Tatanka, that works for you? Yep. Okay. All yes, right. it does. Okay, next week. Um, Go ahead. Mimi? I've, I've been on a call. I've been on a call previously with Dave, and he had a really good idea about, I'm going to shut off my video. And Dave had a really good idea about, you know, a single protester outside CPUC buildings, um, also, uh, Nextdoor posts, I believe, solarrightsalliance.org also has Nextdoor suggested posts to get a neighborhood conversation going as well. Thank you. That's all I was. And of course, LTEs and calling the governor. You can call the governor every day. So thanks. All right. We will do that. Uh, next week, we'll gather again. Uh, this has been, uh, thank you, Steve Caruso, for sticking with us and Mike Hirsch. Um, Wendy, uh, Tatanka, everybody, uh, uh, two hours has again flown by. If you have the time, please use the Center for Common Ground uh, website to call in to Georgia and the Atlanta NAACP uh, to make a donation to the canvassing that continues. Uh, thank you, everybody. We wound up with uh, 40 people at the end anyway, and it's been a phenomenal call. So next week, three o'clock, Pacific six o'clock on California. The previous hour, we, we're, which we will uh, put in for um, uh, the radio broadcast, will be on election issues. We'll wrap up on on Georgia. We'll talk about what happened in Ohio, and we'll have a section on fascist Florida as well. Okay, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, thank we will you, see Dave, you for showing up next yeah, week. And um, and no nukes and. Um, 
Let's hope for a great, great turnout in Georgia, which could change the whole nature of campaigning in this country. This last hour that we just went through is one of the very few public discussions of how to do uh, canvassing and, and phone calling from out of state. It's a very big deal. So we will revisit it next week in the first hour. And then, uh, then we'll talk about stopping, saving solar in California. Second hour, and I wanna uh, mention that tomorrow, anybody in Columbus, Ohio, if you wanna risk the night of the living dead in the Ohio legislature, they will be discussing the latest nuclear bailout, which will drive you absolutely nuts. And is one of the reasons I left Ohio. Okay, you guys, we will see you next week. No nukes, everybody.